Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the Acast app or at our Patreon, which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. All right, folks, welcome to News Dump, you know, where we're composting the bullshit. Today, we're actually going to be talking about two institutions of the Portland community, one of them being a building and the other being a person. Corporations are people. (laughs) (laughs) But first, I'd like to introduce my co-host. I have Patrick Thomas Perkins over here. Hi, it's me! Yay! And then we have the lovely, the incomparable, the unstoppable... Belinda Carroll! Hello, everybody! (laughs) As she bites down on her gummy and drinks her coffee. Uh, It's good to be here. I um, I thought there was going to be a preamble. Oh, there, there will be. I can. not talk more post, about a post preamble. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. It's just going to be a preamble. It's a preamble. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't jump in because I like you were so you were so on. I was like, Belinda's got something. I'm not going to fucking interrupt. No, I don't have anything. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we'll we'll discuss you in a little bit in a, in a further part of the day. What the Lloyd Center is is what we're going to discuss. I think right off the top, so people understand that who, is a building. Yes, that is, is a building. A building. Belinda's not a building. She is a brick house, but she is not. Lloyd Center being a building with free speech rights, thanks to America. Uh, I looked into the history of it a little bit, and it was kind of fun. There's nothing, there's nothing overwhelmingly exciting, but some cool stuff. The property was bought by a man named Frank B. Lloyd. He made it really big in the oil industry at the turn of the 1900s, I think like the 19-teens in Northern California. Mm. At the time, picture this, East and West Portland were different places, and the mm-hmm. West Side was fairly rich, had a lot of the wealth generated that area. Oh, yeah. And the East Side was poor and oftentimes yep. neglected and underserved. Yep. So that if, sounds like my kind of town. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you can imagine a town in America like that. Um, and If you could just picture it. And Frank B. Lloyd was, uh, before he made it big in oil, he bought a property uh, where Lloyd Center stands now and was like, I think I can make something of this. And then his family calls him back to their farm in California. And as an amateur geologist, he's looking around and he's like, I think there's oil here. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that goes on in that time period is the bigger oil companies uh we're trying to break them up from a monopoly but they've they're they're figuring out little ways you know to circumvent it and one of the ways is they'll lease you the equipment and sell your oil for you uh, but at a price but at a price yeah so you can become kind of a sub-millionaire off of their billionaire wealth is this the first version of doordash (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely a variation of that oil dash yes oil dash he gets rich off of oil dash still uh (laughs) and puts efforts into cultivating the property into a shopping center it's much more like how we would see an outlet mall or or uh like woodburn it was kind of what he had planned and and he gets he gets everything all lined up he gets really ready and then i don't know if you've heard about this thing called the stock market crash of was it 1929 yeah yeah so that occurs uh, oh, and, that happened. Yeah, yeah. October twenty eighth, nineteen twenty nine. Do you not know about that? No, I know. I'm I was just like, being, what? I'm just being. Do you know about the Great Depression? Yeah, Belinda, <laughs> I like to pretend that I don't have a history degree because I don't use it. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I did not know that. That's great. So this that occurs. And he's like, great. He builds up, puts more effort into it, and gets really close to getting it started. And then uh, another, just a small blip in history, this thing called World War II. 
I, oh yeah, yeah. It yeah, shows. I about that. Yeah, it it it, it crops okay, up. Okay, you're talking about stuff I do not remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that halts development. So he's getting in 1960. Uh, it still hasn't been made. He's on his deathbed. That's the 60s, Rochelle. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so he. Uh, <laughs> he's on his deathbed and he's talking to his three daughters and he's like please just finish I can't die until you finish the Portland property my mom <laughs> uh, that's how I'm going out too and to his credit his daughters do fulfill his dying wish to build a mall which you know what crummy dying wish and I bet you that it was perpetuated that the daughters built the mall because women like shopping but in fact it was a man behind the yeah. directive to build the damn mall in the first place there's always patriarchy involved feminism uh, <laughs> and those and those feminist pioneers the uh, i think they all had changed their names after they got married yeah. so uh those three ladies uh they do the uh, lloyd sisters yes yeah. uh they do produce the lloyd center they they do it themselves obviously that's how how things work. Obviously, they built it by hand. Uh, <laughs> them and a bunch of laborers, and they produce one of the largest shopping malls in the world at the time, at least in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun fact, that's the first mall my mom went to. Oh, oh she really? Told, so, because I told her, I was like, we're going to do an episode on the Lloyd Center. She's like, that's the first mall I ever went to. And I was like, you're so old! You're so <laughs> old, and you lived in such a small place. Like, when they first got phones, her phone number, I think, had six digits or five digits. Five no. digits, yeah, 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 yeah it's normal. So, that's... Oh, wow. oh yeah. Do you know you know about big band music, right? Yeah. There's a song called Pennsylvania Six Five Thousand. It's like Pennsylvania Six Five Thousand, and that was an actual phone number. That was like the precursor was to Danny Don't Lose My Number. Wait, was it about a lady who'd be for a good time? No, it was just about a place in Pennsylvania that was six that's five thousand. So weird. No, that's in the mood, sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, biggest mall in the world. Uh, it's open aired at the time. Most malls, uh, it doesn't get covered. I think until the '80s, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, the most kind. Of, there is a historically significant event that happens, which is they're like malls cover your so tops. What are you question, doing? Question though. So having like an open mall like that in a place that's so rainy, did that mean like all the stores were just like hella juicy all the time? No, I think you have like an overhang and you like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not like. It's not like there's not a well, if you the... picture the Lloyd Center, right? So picture yeah. the inside of the Lloyd Center, right? Just without the glass. Without the glass okay. on the top. But I'm, so then they was there something above that glass? Yeah. So then they had like a little balcony. It'd be like a like a Motel uh, Six, okay. You know where you have like the the walk yeah. the runway, oh, okay. the walkway, okay. but then it's open to the elements. Okay, that makes more sense. And then one too many people complained, and then they were like, "Well, we're building an inside mall." Okay. Uh, that and makes sense. before before they do that renovation in the late seventies, protesters to the Vietnam War go around and are passing out pamphlets and get told leaflets probably. Yeah, leaflets. Sorry, and are asked to leave. They politely leave. They go across the street and then they, they leave s- they leave, <laughs> they, leave. Um, they do that and they then sue the mall because inside the mall there's like whatever the the legionnaires sure, sure. yeah and the lions and other other groups set up displays and kiosks and they're like that's a public space a mall is a public space sure, sure. and it ends up actually going to the supreme court and that's why a lot of in the future you'll see you know petitioners and whatnot in the mall because it's ruled that as long as they're not going inside the stores and they're not like harassing you like it's the, a public space yeah. Yeah, yeah so so lloyd center ended up putting that kind of on the books and that's why we ruined America. No, um, <laughs> ruined America. no, but I will say that. So because of that, 
when I was a kid. Was um, that in the 60s? You know what? <laughs> I will murder you on this podcast. I'm no. sorry, I'm uh, so young. It's, it's weird that for uh, an audio podcast, I actually saw Rochelle flinch. Like, I mean, in the 90s, um, <laughs> when Measure 9 was happening, which was a divisive anti-gay measure in Oregon, one of the places the OCA used to set up. Uh, the OCA? The Oregon Citizens Alliance to the people that sponsored the measure that would have put homosexuality on par with bestiality and oh. incest. Oh my god! And this I always is forget the that 90s. they went the other way. I, I always forget that they didn't just deny rights. They were like, oh no, we're gonna... No, no, we're extra. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, always... I mean, you people would have been fired because they were teachers and were in housing. You could get kicked out legally. Like, the whole jam. But uh, during that time, they used to set up at the Lloyd Center, the OCA people, Oregon yeah. Citizens Alliance, which is who was responsible for the ballot measures. We would counter protest and like whatever but but yeah that was like a really divisive time because you'd have like people with their tabling and then you'd have people like actively fighting the tabling and then when we set up for uh no on nine at the like east entrance by mervyn's that was really bad because people would walk up and they just grab your clipboard and they throw it and you'll oh be able to do anything gosh. about it. That's yeah. Patrick's notes. <laughs> oh my God, Patrick! Don't hit Cogsworth. That's all right. It's so right. we we have a fourth guest or an extra guest on every podcast, which is our timer, so that we stay on task. And I've decided <laughs> that, it, that it, the clock is non-binary, but is referred to as Cogsworth. The, the clock is digital. That's Cogsworth, and it's orientated. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so handy. <laughs> That's cool. Is it like a countdown timer? Yeah, yeah. I know. So many people who need that in their No, life. I know so many AA meetings that need that. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of what SAD would feel like, Lloyd Center, kind of after the the economy burst, you know, in the early 2000s, I guess would be the good time for that, early aughts, or what's, what's the tens? The first of the new recessions was like the housing crisis, yeah? Yeah. So, I mean, since right. then, the of mall has... the most has... recent recessions, that's one... Was there one in the 90s? Yeah. Kind of. So, well, no, not really. Not as far as Lloyd Center would be concerned. So, the things that happened in the 90s that led up to this was uh, NAFTA was passed, which is the National Free Trade Agreement that led to a lot of... Frequent um, guest on our show. Manufacturing. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading to a lot of manufacturing jobs being shipped overseas. Uh, the other thing that happened was... In 97 to about 2000, there was the rise of the internet merchandise. Oh, yeah, so yeah. that meant a lot of yeah. stores started to struggle. I mean, well, this is the thing is that it kind of came out of nowhere because like I had been on the internet at that point since I was a kid. So I was friends with nerds. And so I had nerd friends that had like computers that hooked up to the BBS like back in the day. And so I kind of knew about the internet, but nobody else really did. And then um, Oprah did a show about it and then everybody knew about it. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what happened too. That's wild. Oprah got connected with um, AOL. And so it became keywords. <laughs> so it used to be that you used to have to, now mind you, no one knows anything about coding. No one knows anything about computers. No one knows anything about anything. And so uh, if you're over like 25, you don't know shit about computers even happening. Um, and Unless so, you're doing computers unless, unless you're, you're doing that's your yeah, job. unless you're that's your job and unless you're or unless your boss is like super forward thinking or something so it used to be that you used to have to like type the whole internet address in but it was like the whole fucking code httpq yeah yeah, yeah. But it's like the, http yeah, yeah. but then also like hashtag zero five three one or whatever to get to that internet address like you had to know the whole address so at that time hardly anybody went on the internet unless you were savvy enough to be on the internet so then oprah developed keywords and uh i know it wasn't oprah but um but aol approached oprah and was like hey 
keywords and she's like yeah and so she started doing all these commercials about keyword oprah and like you get to her site keyword blah 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 you could get to any site and so all of a sudden everybody was on the fucking internet because everybody's like what's this internet what you you know no i remember i remember the point where we all thought the internet was like oh this is for fun and games and maybe you can watch movies and it's like oh no this is this is a whole other capitalism can be involved now (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. oh we can make money off this all right uh and so yeah so that's essentially what happened and so when the retailer started uh mostly what was it sock pets.com do you remember pets.com they crashed and so uh oh yeah the internet bubble yeah yeah yeah. so then there was a bunch of companies that just kind of went out of nowhere and then all of a sudden people were like what, I can get clothes without going to the mall? Well, shit, that's awesome. And so, anyway, so when that happened, you saw kind of a a move toward online shopping and then kind of a bubble. But then it's just been kind of like downhill since then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, even with recessions, it's like 2008 really affected like luxury. Like I was in health and fitness then. So during the recession, which is actually when I became a uh, comedian too, luxury items really took a hit. And housing really took a hit. All the McMansions that were being built at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just extraneous spending took a hit, you know. And mm-hmm. well, the problem was is that they had like such very loose lending laws. Um, that People were getting mortgages who should not have been getting mortgages. Yeah. Oh, no. And they had 80-20 loans. And they had uh, they had uh, 110% loans. So an 80-20 loan is where you get 80% of your financing from one institution and 20% of your financing from another institution. But then you take that 20% of the finance and then you put it on the 80% as the down payment. So therefore, you're really double mortgaged, but you're paying your down payment with a loan versus you saving your down payment and giving it yeah, to the lender. Yeah. Good system. Uh, that's Great so idea. Stressful. Oh, yeah. That's and so, so the, that's the reason that the, the entire bottom dropped out. Yeah. But anyway, so when that happened, that was really like a nail in the coffin. Yeah. I was actually in um, Texas at the time. When I came back, that was really a nail in the coffin as far as Lloyd Center went because people didn't want to go to, to malls whatever years go by everything gets better 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 and then almost in the recession and then amazon moves in and says oh free shipping you don't have to leave your house we're going to charge you less than you get charged at torrid or you get charged at debbie or whatever and you can come work for us for the same benefits (laughs) sure yeah yeah, no yeah 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 Uh, let's not talk about that part we just like not all right. Well, that's that's roughly where we are now. It's kind of it's it's become kind of a a place to hang out more than a place to conduct business. It's, it's way more teenagers hanging out there because they have no place to go, and way less because like they're gonna spend money there. Um, I used to get I got a haircut or two at the um, Barbizon. Yeah, no. is that the, what it is? Well, I don't remember the name of it, but it was like the the cosmetology school, at least like the hair cutting. Beaumont, school. that's what it was. I think so. Yeah. Um, I used to go to movies there. Um, and so a lot of times I would just go there to like, if there was traffic and I was trying to get home, I would just go there and like get some food and hang out. But it was just a good way to like walk around and judge people. I never went ice skating there. When I was 17, worked at the Ann Taylor. Ooh. I sold suits to rich ladies and they'd come out and I'd be like, you've never looked better. And then they'd be like, really? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, really. You look great. Yeah. Speaking of selling to rich ladies, if oh, we had yeah. commercials, they would come right now. But then we put a little pump. Rich people, right? Sponsor Pat and Rochelle show because <laughs> they need money for our uh, for oh, our... don't you know? I'm gonna put the little bleep in between that, so that's just gonna be the commercial that's for the whole, us. That's yeah, the whole, that's the whole, whole. <laughs> when, when we are...
You bring us back this time. I do? All right. Yeah. We're back to some segment. I won't number them this time. We'll <laughs> make my job easier in the future. I just wanted to explain what was going on with the Lloyd Center, uh, like why it was closing down. Right before the pandemic, uh, the mall was not doing well. We discussed that. And they got a big loan to renovate. So they got like a whole new accessibility issue, like accessibility staircases and like new shop fronts and everything. And then kind of as has been historically set as the precedent, something horrible happened and we had a pandemic. And the company that the mall got the loan from was like cool, we still want our rent. Like, we're still charging you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like, so... Take the loan back! <laughs> yeah. So, now... Although a lot of people did get a pretty big discount on their rent space during the whole thing. But they owned them all, and so the bank that they were underwritten through wouldn't forgive the loan and just continued. Yeah. Okay. And so the issue now is, like, that's definitely going to happen. They've said, all right, cool, it's, you know, build back better time. Yay! So we want our money. The mall doesn't have the money, so they're going to reclaim it. The The issue that's kind of cropping up lately is what to do with the space. They just had a uh, hearing with the city council, if I remember right, and proposed a number of suggestions, everything from a distribution warehouse for Amazon housing, mm-hmm. uh, but, but, that's what we need. but not necessarily affordable housing from the sounds of it. Oh, of just, course not. Just, I mean, why would we do that? Why would we do that? I mean, why would we, especially Excuse in the Lloyd me, do District... Do you want the poors to move in? Yeah. Um, especially in a, a, a historically, economically depressed area, why would we want to right? build affordable housing with a square mile of land? Why why would we do that, Why? Patrick? I don't know. They do want to try Your house, to... house could have a ice rink in it. Well, that's actually... <laughs> that is the one thing that people are really fighting for. Is to keep it. And yep. I, I get that. Like, I didn't grow up here, but like, I love the idea of an ice rink in a mall, and I've always thought that was cool, so I want it to stay. Yeah. That's going to be my obnoxious celebrity thing. It's going to be a uh, ice rink in my house. Yes. <laughs> that is... That is... Is that richer than a bowling... That is richer than a bowling alley. I, I've yeah, made that decision. Some people, need... some people enjoy an indoor pool. I like an indoor ice skating rink. I don't even ice skate. The refrigeration <laughs> and freezing required, yeah, probably makes it definitely bougier. The reason I wanted to mention all of that and the reason I wanted to kind of express it to our audience is that people care now because it's, you know, a big building uh, or a big popular place. It's got all this historical, personal, sociological significance. But if you're in the audience and you're struggling with rent, you're about to do the same thing without, you know, four million people being like, I like the ice rink. (laughs) So, although that would be my celebrity downtrodden story would be I get famous enough to have an ice rink. Everybody likes my ice rink. And then I slowly am losing my house and everybody's, but we like the ice rink. And then I feel pressured to keep up the facade. Yeah. And then, like, your whole life is just, you're, you're the ice queen instead of the tiger king. <laughs> Do you want to go skating? <laughs> I hope that hit the reference I haven't actually seen Frozen. It's not a bad movie. It's not, to well, my, my son was older than the target audience, and I just never want, I don't, Disney, whatever. But it let sounds it like go! Let it go! It sounds like you and I need to start a series where I just make you watch kids' movies with me that you missed out on because your kid was too old. <laughs> My kid's cooler than Frodo. Anyway, um, I just want to... be better if you did it because he had a lack of childhood. <laughs> I mean, that's also true. <laughs> I mean, that would be a good... That, 
<laughs> just a Michelle helps Pat have we a could call it. We could call it uh, reparenting Pat Perkins. Ooh, I'm into that. And then, like, once I'm, like, 13, 14 emotionally, we just bring on a new stunted child person and we <laughs> give them... We keep on re... re- you no, know, we reward you with a naughty babysitter. Yes. What I've always wanted. Okay, I'm uncomfortable now. <laughs> okay. We have... <laughs> We have officially derailed. We've officially uh, made Rochelle uncomfortable. Uh, so there's thoughts of housing. There's thoughts of, oh, Amazon warehouse. Has there been any thought of it being like a resource center or anything like that? Uh, some, that it it sounds all? like that was one of the pitches, but it sounds like the bigger pitch was business. And it sounds like the two that the city was most willing to take were some kind of distribution business center with housing on top. Oh, yeah. I would feel awful living above that. Yeah, that was what I was thinking about. Like, you would just know when work is ha- start. That was also a suggestion, sorry, machinist shop, because we still have some manufacturing here in town, and some of those spaces are big enough you could make shoes, I guess, or something. That was one of... Uh, well, a lot of things are actually docks are made in town, too. Well, well. So, uh, talk of those being there, but then... Oh, was, Keen's here, too. Yeah, that, Keen is here, right? Yeah, yeah, Nike. that's who it was. Yeah. Nike, Adidas. I don't think Nike has manufacturing. They've got their so. own, and also, yeah. they've got their all their own campus, so they won't, wouldn't really need something, right? No. Unless yeah. they want to make it a giant Nike store. <laughs> right. Although, you know, I think that it should be a homeless shelter. I mean, that Yeah, would that be... would be fucking rad. That, that's why I was really sad that that didn't happen with the um, Fred I wonder Meyer. how much the land would be. Yeah. Like the land would be. I wonder how much it's for sale. Uh, if I remember, it was like a couple hundred million. Like it was, it was, well, I mean, it was the, not an insignificant amount. I mean, I'm not speaking for the joint offices because I don't work there anymore, but the joint offices just did get a giant, giant, giant uh, bond. There, there is, there are a lot of people who are at least making vocalizations that we want changes throughout town. So that would yeah. definitely be a good point. I the mean, problem with that is finding the the people that would would agree to have that. The NIMBY. Yeah. The not my backyardness. Yeah. Okay. That's all over this fucking Well, because, like, I was thinking about there's that Fred, there was that Fred Meyer that used to be on Foster, and that Foster went right under the interstate where they um, had put in all the boulders to get the homeless folks. Yeah, where they spent, like, a million point two to yeah. put the boulders in. And so I was like, I'm happy that there's another Asian grocery store. Like, those are always awesome. Like, they, lots of good prices, lots of good produce. But there was a possibility that Fred Meyer could have gotten turned into, like, a, a homeless shelter or resources for folks and i would have really loved that because i think that would have been really good for foster and 82nd hitting each other oddly enough there's a woman's shelter in the area because the owner of red castle games helped yeah rose Lawn. yeah like helped fund yeah. fund himself that's like, awesome yeah big fan of red castle games they, they're yeah. always super cool super inclusive environment plug <laughs> red castle <laughs> games maybe you should approach them about a sponsorship i should yeah. probably all right no i'll definitely yeah. talk to them they know my face i have store credit <laughs> <laughs> so I got, but it sounds like the city really is only interested in money making ventures. They're not necessarily interested in sort of community building. Yeah, and that also concerns me for when it's well, going to happen to people. It means we advocate on this podcast a lot about forming like mutual aid networks or just getting to know your neighbors if you can. If evictions are in your future, definitely a good time to get to know your neighbors and and get to be like, hey, people, I'd like you to support me and me support you. Historically speaking, like the banks just win the buildings and people get told to leave. There was a whole riot about it a bunch of times in New York. It's, it's a whole shadow industry, actually. The entire There's this whole shadow real estate uh, market. It's all foreclosures. Yeah, and just buying out all these buildings and then selling them to big property management companies mm-hmm. so that they can use them as rentals or other things. Mm-hmm. Or they don't sell them and then they stay yes. unfilled and while people yeah. fucking die on the street. It's yeah. a good system. Five stars. No notes. Actually, lots of notes. That's the whole point of this show. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be interesting to see 
what that does to that area, whatever decision they do make. It's a pretty, like, kind of just retail-looking area at this point, with some other businesses around it. It's a lot bigger than it seems because the parking lot structure is also included in the land, I guess. I uh, forgot to mention that earlier. It doesn't necessarily matter, but, like... Does the movie theater, is that part of it, or I, is that separate? I think that's separate. I think the cinema on its own is separate from... Yeah, yeah. from the mall, yeah. It's just called the Lloyd Cinema because it was near Lloyd Center. I think it's one square mile, including the parking structure, including everything. So I'm just, you know my idea? We, we start a GoFundMe. We just run our own mall. We No. <laughs> we turn it into the world's largest lesbian bar. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think Belinda has a bias in this. <laughs> in this uh, no, think about it. Each like, floor could be its own theme. It ooh. would be like, yeah, see, you're more yeah, interested in no, that. No, no, I wouldn't. As a straight man, I would, I mean, granted, yes, we're notorious you do, for wanting you to go. You could do each store. Would be its own bar. Yeah, field. I would say. How about just an all queer inclusive bar where it's like there's different factions represented. The just the run of the mill gay man is the smallest one. Yeah. Just saying, making the, the dude gay bar is the tiniest build shop. It's the Claire's. <laughs> yeah, it's they the, get just the they Claire's. Get the Claire's. And then in between all of them, the lobby. That's for the people who are just there to visit and are like, hey. And we can have straight kiosks, but like, there's nothing useful there. Just like at the real mall, like it's just. We have one bar that's just called Bi Curious. (laughs) Curious. Oh, how has that not been a word in our lexicon before? (laughs) It's not easy to say. It's like a harder, harder way to say Aquarius. I don't know. I'm down for it. I think, Quirious. like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to start going with that for my description. That's good. Querious. She's Quirious. very querious. Yeah. Yeah. What would be your dream thing to go in where the Lloyd Center is? Not like a homeless shelter or yeah. a, uh, there's, there's a lot of things. We could, uh, educational facilities. You could do a combination of all of that. You could do, like, housing with community uh, a commune? I mean, yes, yes. I That's my goal. An armed commune. Uh, everybody meet me on Wednesday. Uh, bring your machetes and dynamite. We're going to take over Lloyd Center. That's my I'm pitch. not a dynamite. Can I just bring baking soda and vinegar? Yes, that will work. Can I make that a bomb will, with that? Yes. And then in our commune, we are going to build the ultimate lesbian bar. It will be protected by my roving anarchy. That exists in my imagination now. <laughs> um, and Belinda oh. would have a homeless shelter or... It would also have a bar called Unsolicited Dick Picks, and it would just be dudes that don't know not to send unsolicited dick it's pics. Where, it's actually where you send all these straight guys who go in there to be like, yeah, I can, I can, I'm the one. But you don't tell them, you don't put the name on it. It just looks like, it oh my looks gosh. like Hot Topic. Like, it looks pretty anonymous on the outside. <laughs> and then they go inside and they're like, oh, this is us. This it's is like what we the do. VH1, a reality TV show, Tool Academy. It was these girlfriends bringing their boys boyfriends to do this competition show because they were just shitty boyfriends they couched it as the best boyfriend competition to get them on the show so like the first episode they find out that's like no you're actually a really shitty boyfriend and you're gonna do all these dumb things to become a better boyfriend so i'm just saying that bar sounds like tool academy and i'm into that no i'm down i'm down uh, yeah that's, that's I've watched my a lot of bad vh1 reality TV. can i say this <laughs> if you're a person that enjoys people that identify as male Stop fucking shitty men. Yes. You know? Just stop. Just like as soon as you fuck them and you realize they're shitty, don't fuck them again. If or, we if we can get laid, we don't know anything's wrong. That's a that's a general conceit about the, the cis hetero male, I think, that everyone can agree to. I, I, I will not question that. You I don't right. know that, but I think that... Stop rewarding us. 
It's a Pavlov's dog thing. You just got to stop doing it. But I mean, Clap I feel in like your face as soon as they do anything wrong. <laughs> Squirt bottle. No. I feel. I feel like we've covered. Uh-huh. I would say my serious idea for what the Lloyd Center could be would be, yeah, ideally like a homeless shelter, a resource center, just a place that provides services for folks in general and is not just about making a profit. But, you know, that's asking But a this lot. is the thing is that the powers that be are looking at it as how do we bring more revenue into the city and especially since like... Portland used to have manufacturing mm-hmm. and injection molding and plastics and stuff like that. And was a manufacturing town, manufacturing and logging. At the time of the pandemic, the focus was on hospitality and travel. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what was bringing people to Portland was hospi- hospitality and travel. Yeah. But unfortunately, what you're seeing is a decentralization of that because obviously because of coronavirus. And so now they need to figure out like how to make back that money because now they've lost probably a billion dollars i would imagine over two years and if only there was something they could take the money that they were funding one project with and like defund it a little bit and then like put that money elsewhere to the services i wonder what organization could potentially do without some funds at this point teachers i think i think yeah teachers are getting paid their union is too strong (laughs) (laughs) oh that is so sad Uh, we actually just did fund like i think it was 165 million dollars to the joint offices i'm gonna check that checks out something yeah okay so it was 150 million yeah it's 150 million Oh, wow. Okay. You know, because anybody that sees homeless shelter, they see like a uh, sore thumb in the neighborhood. No, you know, that's like riddled with drugs and shit like that. Yeah. It's yeah, definitely yeah. NIMBY. I know our perception that we try to sell is definitely not that, but there is a lot of NIMBY in Portland since, since there's not tourism to be had. Right. So we're losing money that way. They also can kind of tell that we're doing bad marketing when like... We're the location for for riots and whatnot. To them, the problem is we're not making money and we're having bad advertising. Not that there are human lives that are, Mm -hmm. like, dying of exposure and starvation and conditions equally deplorable. But, like, ah, man, we're just, we're not making the money that we want to make. Like, it's, it's naked and gross and I hate it. I would say, though, having, like, lower income housing, that could, in, like, make it a split space where there is like yeah. shopping and stuff but then wow. there's also housing i feel like that would work well that's what they're doing with a lot of the mixed retail yeah with, with retail on the bottom and then, but make it actually affordable well know? a lot of it like uh, foster 72 is and really uh, yeah a lot of the halsey 52nd like that those buildings okay are new affordable housing or there are a certain amount so there was a uh development law passed that if you were developing in this in portland and you were uh creating new housing you had to have a percentage of that housing go to low-income people okay and it had to be like people that three times below poverty line or whatever that appropriately means tested so so you know so there is affordable housing happening but the problem is these guys coming in who are just simply investment developers who are like, oh, I'm going to go into this market that's been really hot and, you know, flip property and build this property on top of um, already existing land. 
but they have no concept of the cohesiveness of the neighborhood. So they don't they don't know what the neighborhood's about. They don't know the history of the neighborhood. They don't care about any of that, yeah. honestly. The thing is that it's, it undermines kind of the nature of the neighborhood. Yeah. So that's where I, like, I think that that going down, Lloyd's are going down, and then whatever goes in there going up is going to set the new standard for Lloyd's are. Whatever they decide to do there, I mean, that's why they have to be really careful, too. It's because whatever, whatever they, they do, whatever they put there is really going to create what the next generation of Wood Center looks like. Well, that's been that's been a news. I'm dump. eating cake right now. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that has been a news dump. Thank you, Belinda, for being on here uh, for for we still have one more time to bother you. That's what all this bullshit is. Hey, folks, I'd love to thank our next sponsor. Byzantine. Byzantine. It means labyrinthine or complex. Fun tie-in to recyclables. The Byzantine Empire followed Rome after the fall of Rome, and it's called, we use that word Byzantine because their administrative structure was so complicated that it kept you from ever seeing the king. So when you want to stonewall people when you're in a conflict, make sure to use Byzantine. DMV, the Byzantine of the American Empire. We made faux cryptocurrency ads. Oh, that's meant to vent. Mine was called PuraCoin. It's not a pyramid scheme. Yeah, this will be... Well, people we know that we smoke weed on this podcast. We're like, pretty honest about it. Oh, that's good. We, we take a break because, in theory, if we have commercials, we want to be able to get in the rhythm between the two of us, at least, of like, oh, commercial break. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we should have done a podcast together. I mean, um, we can do we it are. remotely. Yeah, Chris yeah. Cox just does his through Zoom. Like yeah. Just... Oh, I felt so bad I couldn't do his because we were doing our podcast oh. last Sunday. Yeah, he definitely wants to have you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, He's yeah. I, my uh, my podcast is going to be through um, X Ray. Oh, nice. And so they're going to air it on X Ray, and then it'll go on the podcast network. Hell nice. yeah! So yeah, the I working did. title was Belinda does what she wants. <laughs> He's because was like, "What do you want to do?" And I'm like, "Whatever I want to do." <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, but yeah, I'm really excited about the format. I think it's going to be really fun. And so what I'm doing is I'm doing, um, it's my first gay bar for everybody listening. Essentially, we're talking to people about their first gay bar experience. So it's like, then on top of that, what I'm doing is talking to the person about their gay bar experience and then contextualizing it in the way of politics, gender identity, like where we were at that oh, okay. yeah. point in time. And then also playing music from that time. Ooh. So it's been really fun because the music kind of comes up because it's a bar, obviously. But the music has been coming up as kind of a, just as as the conversation happens. Because you're like, oh my God. And you remember it was like, you know, Frankie Goes to Hollywood was real popular yeah. then or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's been really fun. And so I'm really excited about really sitting down and talking to uh, people older than me about their experiences. If there's any left. No, there's a ton of people left. That's I the, know, I was yeah. kidding. It was an old joke because <laughs> I'm an asshole. Uh, but the thing is, is that we are, we are like at the point where we're going to lose like the, f- the not the first generation, obviously, because people have been fighting for rights forever, but the Stonewall generation. We're about to lose the Stonewall generation. Now I want to write a book called The Stonewall Generation. Um, That'd be dope. I know, right? Uh, so, but the Stonewall Generation, we are about to lose the Stonewall Generation in the next like decade or two, right? The, you know, and so I do want to sit down and I want to talk to them about their experiences because the what we're losing is, and I've done this talking to queer kids that are under 40, that they don't have the context of what life was like before rights happened and so they kind of have gone on with because you know i mean and this is this is generationally like uh, normal and this is also gen- like like evolutionary 
wise normal. People lose the thread of their past. And so they don't understand that like that can happen again. That's why the whole history, you know, if you don't forget your history, it'll repeat itself. That's the reason that quote exists. And I think a big part to talk about is how much of the queer community was lost to the AIDS epidemic and especially the Stonewall generation. So there was such a small amount left over after that point so that there's even less queer elders out there and especially trans queer elders. And it's, I also think it's important for for people to be able to tell their their own stories because like you'll misinterpret it my mom, when I was a kid, tried to explain to me that her uncle had AIDS by just telling me he was gay because she didn't understand the distinction. The correlation was a causation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, very much. And I so, mean, yeah. And I had to, it was it was bizarre because like as an eight-year-old, I'm sitting at the table like, no, no, no. One is a bloodborne or uh, blood disease that's like based, it affects well, your immunity. And one orientation. Yeah, and yeah. one's a thing that I'm eight and I don't even really understand, but I know it's They're not different. the same thing. Yeah. not the same thing. Well, no, but that was the thing is that when AIDS first happened, I mean, I was, when AIDS first, first happened, I was a small child and then, but it was like within a year that like people knew uh, mm-hmm. about AIDS, but like for the first 10 years of AIDS and I came out in 1993. So the first 10 years of AIDS, there was a massive question about how you got it and how it was transmitted and like whatever. But this is what you have to know. It's the same with COVID. What happened initially when people first got diagnosed with AIDS, uh, they initially called it the gay-related immune disorder. Grid. Yep. When it was first started, all they knew is that only gay people had it only quote in quotes only gay people had it and that they died shortly after getting it that's all they knew and so those perpetuations of the perpetuation of of we're still feeling the echoes of it's still it's still going on yeah yeah i mean you can't donate blood if you're openly gay well that's red cross well that kind of a little bit changed and now it's you can't give blood if you've been sexually involved with a man within a year, which See, is still but fucking stupid. Still, which is unfortunate because, like, I just have my annual retreat, so like now I can't give blood. Great, every yeah. every year. Like, yeah. damn it. No, but then but then it also like precludes uh, men that are married to men. Yeah, yeah. yeah like if yeah, you're yeah, married, can... you're not wait. You're not a year. You know, going a year without pardon, sex unless. Pardon me, honey. Unless, unless you're about a... to not be married. Well, <laughs> I'm saving myself for the Red Cross. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's 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 it is really unfortunate. He's though. very dedicated to giving blood. He's just very, <laughs> He's a very upset husband. <laughs> it's to me, it's just really devastating that instead of addressing these issues, especially like at that time when they were referring to it as grid, and when Ronald Reagan wouldn't even fucking talk about it, and when it was like it was just a queer disease, is that we're still dealing with that today, like. In any sort of way, when you are doing something that people think is bad, then they just assume you are that bad thing and that something about you is that... I don't know what I'm saying. I just get annoyed that instead of having empathy, we decide to explain why it could happen to them and not us. Yeah. If that makes sense. We only gave a fuck once it started, once we realized, like, oh, it's actually blood-related. It's not not due to who you are and what you do. It can happen to anyone because we don't have a... But think about this. Okay, so, yeah, and I agree with that. You're you're talking about stigma and the stigma of, of having a specific disease, meaning you're a certain thing, and tying those two things together. 
But think about this. That was the 80s. Like, that wasn't long ago. No, that wasn't that, that wasn't long like a, ago. That wasn't like a, a, a guy in, like, a hair shirt talking about, like, bad blood and, like, whatever, doing, like, leeches. Like, we're talking about, like, this yeah. is the 80s. But that's exactly what's going on with COVID. It's Trump said a bunch of stupid shit at the beginning. And then everybody fucking perpetuated it. And now we're at ivermectin. I don't know how it happened, but that's the way we are. That's the two horse right. triangle. Well, because we... Oh, oh, horse, oh, I, horse, oh, I'm very horse. aware of ivermectin. I take it every day. <laughs> well... Just in case. And it's, I'm vaxxed, okay? I am hedging all bets. <laughs> it's a theme we see. Um, oh my god, I have to tell you about the show I went to go see last night. Go ahead. Oh no. <laughs> Rochelle, buckle in. Oh no. Oh my god. I walked out of a comedy show at Comedy Club last night. Who Ooh. was it? Who was it? Judy Dore? Yes! I knew it! I fucking knew it! Oh my so, god! Okay, so this is the thing. So I have to tell you about this whole story because, okay, so my friend wanted to go to comedy. And so um, I knew that John Doerr was coming. And so I said to her, she goes, I want to see Polly Shore, but Polly Shore canceled. And I normally, Polly. I, just, just, I would not go to see Polly Shore, but works uh, with me at the county. And so works with me at the county. I love her. So I was like, I'd okay. I'd go out of curiosity. I think she's very disappointed in all of my choices right now. So I went to the website and I was like, oh, John Doerr's in town. So I was like, oh, hey, John Doerr's in town instead of Polly Shore. That's actually better. Buy tickets. Well, I didn't see. It was Jimmy Doerr. Yeah. And I so I didn't look it up. At all because I was like John Doerr's coming to town. I love John Doerr. Boom, done. No, Jimmy and Dorr. so I didn't look at it again. So then I get there and then who's done the fucking door forever goes, Hey, are you here for the show? And I said, Yeah. And he goes, Oh, you're here for this show? And I said, Yeah, and that should have been my fucking clue. Yeah, right? yeah. And so I said, Is this guy conservative? Because the way that he reacted, and he goes, Well, it's been mixed. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I was like, well, I can deal with mix. Like I, and a lot of people think I'm a lot more sensitive than I am because I'm queer and I'm feminist and like all this shit. They don't realize that I, like I love Doug, Doug Stanhope, all those guys. And so, and I really love like comics. Anyway, so we're at the show. We're doing the thing. The first guy, the host guy, was actually pretty good. And I was like, oh, well, maybe this is just them Who being. Who is the host? I, I don't know. I was don't it know. someone local? He looked like Christian Slater, but if Christian Slater was raised in a trailer park and also had a light math habit. He was like... Hot. Yeah. He wasn't from here, I don't think, but he okay. was pretty funny. And so I was like, I think they brought everybody in from outside because... Oh, I don't think so anyone would have wanted to work with him. Well, that's... The host was okay, and I was like, all right, this is okay. Then this woman comes on stage, and I went, oh, it's a female comic. This has to be just them thinking I'm going to be picky. And then she opened her mouth and it was all about like how aoc was this and that and she made a lot of racist jokes oh and she god just, like, made a bunch of fuck and i was like and then she yelled and then like she had like four people in the front that was like for whatever the hell she was saying and everybody else was just sitting there like quiet and everybody's just like what the fuck is happening and then there's one woman behind me going yeah right yeah right shut up yeah right and i was like yeah i know and like oh my god anyway so then we sat through her and we thought well maybe jimmy door is better and so then she he's on stage and he's like talking about his bullshit and he starts start talking about the vaccine and apparently he got vaccinated but then he got sick from it which is what you fucking do with the vaccine you get yeah, sick you for like six hours and you're done and he like started talking about how the vaccine wasn't safe because he got sick for sick for six hours. I'm like, good good luck when you have fucking COVID, dude. Yeah, he's a um, vaccine skeptic. He's that's how he's making his money on YouTube right now. But he's vaccinated, which is such a fucking double standard. Are you serious? No, it's, it's not. not. It's a grift. You're okay. walking around like. Well, anyway, so so he says whatever, right? But then 
some reasonable woman in the middle said, that's a really double standard that you're vaccinated. And then you're also like saying not to get vaccinated. And then he was like, you're a dumb C word. You dumb C word. You, I mean, like I'm dead serious. Like, like loses his mind on this woman and continues to do it. And then he goes, okay, well, and I was like trying not to be the only one to walk out. And then he's like, okay, well, um, you know, like I get really like angry, frustrated, blah, 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 blah. And so I thought he was going to be over it. And then he went back in on the same woman who hadn't said a word. And I was like, I'm done. And I just like got up and left. And as soon as I walked up, (laughs) like the bartender walks up to me, which thank you, walks up to me and goes, did you need your check here? And I was like, oh, yes, that would be great. Thank that you. Would be, that would be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody in that bar was happy about that whole situation because that was ridiculous because he said D- dumb C like so many fucking times. And I'm telling you, like, I'm only not saying it now because now I hate that word because of him because I normally love that word because I'm a lesbian. But like, I was so pissed about it. Can I say it really cute then? Okay. Yes. Cut. 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 Uh, but would, yeah, but dumb C is like, especially like, can, can I it's say cunt in the it, wrong though? context. No, I hear you. Like it's, I would, it's fuck. Just. I just Fuck. want to say to Harriet now, everyone's while, you're a dumb cut. She's I would like though. to refer listeners uh, who are just listening on YouTube to look us up on the on the Spotify's because we just did oh, and they three. had no punchlines. I looked at that and I was like, these people have no punchlines. <laughs> I was sad for comedy yesterday. No, I am too. We we just did we Dahlia, did the history of Dahlia comedy and with I, Dahlia. Yeah, yeah, we all sat here and because the history is all based in it comes from minstrel shows and shit like what? that. What? Yeah. Do you mean? Do you mean it's another thing that black people invented that we took over? Well, no, no. White, white people invented minstrel shows, but it gets worse from there. All of that shit. There's a guy who has a whole course on it and never acknowledges any of that. He's like, it started with basically Samuel Clements, and the end of stand up is basically Dave Chappelle. So we had some we had some notes on that. So if you're listening to this, I would refer you to the yeah few there. the Dahlia show. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's because our whenever you're listening to anything about me, just refer back to Dahlia because no, no, I just meant because no. <laughs> I'm serious. Toy is awesome. But we, because our our conclusion is that like the club shouldn't be run by like a person paying a lease for a bad bar. Like it should be run by I don't know the comics in the community. Yeah, the community comedians should be owning the places. And like that's way less likely to happen if it's like, well, we know that's how that guy's gonna be. I don't even know. The only thing I know about Jimmy Dore is that that's how that guy's gonna be. I I didn't even. Fuck, sorry. I didn't I didn't assume he would be that violent or aggressive, but I'm not shocked now. No, he was. I'm d- telling you, and I have literally not seen this in comedy except for a couple of times with specifically Michael Richards and uh, Bill Burr during the Philadelphia rant 2008. Um, although his rant was stupid and not creative and did not go anywhere besides calling this person a dumb C and saying uh, that it's the same as a peanut allergy, which I didn't get that either. And he had absolutely no scientific anything to back himself up. And oh, yeah, he cites, he's, when I've seen like breakdowns of his videos and it just sounds like he cites anything that calls the vaccine into question, but he doesn't even properly represent those sources because there are critiques you can have about our medical system, how the sure. vaccine is rolled out and some of the effects it may be having on people, but he's never reading the full part or he's like 
fully misrepresented. And he's like, the vaccine is bad for us, especially for the children. And I was like, he doesn't have what? He doesn't have time to finish reading. Oh no, I I heard that. Oh no, I can. I heard that. And I was I was in my car and I put it to like one hundred one, whatever the fuck that station is. And it's always conservative, yada yada. And I listen to it like every like for thirty seconds every once in a while to be like. And then leave, you know. But uh, I was listening to it for a second. And man, I'm telling you what, it was Free Speech Tuesday. And they were like, oh, we got a free speech. And then this woman gets on and she goes, you know what? Even though the vaccine is, you know, legal for my kids now, I ain't getting my kids vaccinated. And then the dude immediately says, oh, yeah, because, you know, it's so bad for your kids. And I was like. Where is this coming from? With like no backup, you're literally affirming that woman's decision to not protect her children. No, because it's all it all goes back to yeah. the fact that like all of that kind of stuff is a grift. You're just like, hey, how can I make money? Well, right now the best way I can make money off of is people to be opposite. Is to this be one conspiracy yeah. theories. Well, like there's a YouTuber JP Sears who used to like just he needs to stand up too, but he like he used to poke fun a lot at the left and a lot of like the woo woo part of like yeah. crystals, hippy dippy shit. Then he decided during this pandemic that he was mad at the state and that anything that was about COVID was a lie. Any restrictions in place were authoritarianism. Yeah. It was so wild to see someone straight up red pilled right in front of my eyes. Yeah, I don't know. It makes it. I'm not surprised. Because we're all stressed, we're all scared. <laughs> the, yeah. And and if you're misinformed, if you don't, a a, it's not like the government has ever done anything to really earn our trust. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's like, uh, Dad keeps hitting me. I don't know if I should trust that he's gonna hug me this time. And then at the same time, like, just life is nuts. Those two that you're not gonna make wise decisions in that time. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the thing is, is that like, <sighs> you'd think that we would have made it past the bubonic plague. Because that was the 1500s. And yet, during that time, like, the people in the in the cities were like, the bubonic plague exists, we need to make these, we need to take these actions. And the people in the rural area was like, bubonic plague, they're making that up. It's the government. And, like, that was a real thing until, until people started dying in rural areas. And um, I think it's going to be the same here. I think people are going to, they're, they're, they're in the process of trying to, develop a, a plasma-based ba- vaccine, which is n- how normally vaccines are. Oh, like, okay. yeah, um, And so they're trying to do that right now. And But the thing is, is that AIDS is not a big deal now. Like, it is a big deal. But, like, AIDS isn't a big deal in the United States because of the advances we've made with, like, protease inhibitors and things like that. But that took 50 years. And that's, so, yeah. if, you and that's if you can afford all that. Yeah. My, my uncle had AIDS, but he managed to survive years. because, it, like... He was an investment maker before he quit. Yeah. So he just knew how to manage money. So, like, he was never, like, wealthy, but, like, in part because he had to keep spending money to America. America. Okay. Honestly, so I think that should just be an extra segment that's uh, (laughs) AIDS, COVID, and bad comedy. (laughs) And it's just, like, a little mini section. (laughs) No, you should name it Fuck Jimmy Dore. Actually, I'm fully okay with that. I saw some clips of what he was doing, and I saw that he was I've been a little, oh, wow, that's some trash going on at They got to make money, and who's going to go around now except those people? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, like, when me, Patrick, and Dahlia hang out, we definitely end up shitting on something about Portland comedy, so I, I that stuff out, doesn't I, end up there. I out last week.
Yeah. Just, uh, she, I can't remember how she made the joke, but she made a reference to him in comparison to somebody in history. And, and it, it was like, really <laughs> accurate and funny. And it threw me the fuck off because I was like, I haven't thought about that guy since I stopped thinking about that guy. Oh. Um, we should. We, well, I'm going to LA, so I love. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's a comic in Montana, but I think he lives in LA. His his claim to fame was that he was on like a reality TV cooking show. Like that was his big credit for being a comic in LA. And he ran a comedy competition in Billings. And he just he acted <sighs> like he was Montana's only comic. And I was like, hey. <laughs> and when he does shows, giant face, full name on every poster that he does. Like, and even if he's not the one headlining but it's lucas Lee presents so uh but again thank you for being on the news dump do you have anything coming up in the next after next monday that's worth telling people about oh yeah the 30th i'm playing siren theater i'm playing with uh kirsten koopenbender and sean jordan and milan patel and then uh which is uh going to be my last stand-up show of uh portland because i'm moving to la and then the 31st I'm playing the Cruise Room Annex. I'm doing a whole New Year's Eve. It's going to be a show. It's going to be dancing. And then another little show right before midnight. My friend Annie's going to like improv a new song to 2022. We've got drag queens. We've got burlesque dancers. We've got comics. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So uh, so that'd be really fun. So come out to the Siren Theater or uh, or Cruise Room Annex uh, the end of December. Oh, my website's BelindaComedy.com. Belinda Comedy. And what was the podcast again? I forget the name. Oh, the, My First Gay Bar. My First Gay Bar. It'll be, show, it'll be on X-Ray FM. Um, x-ray.fm online um, or 107.1 uh, x-ray fm if you are in the portland metro area Ooh. and uh if you're listening on youtube be sure to like share and subscribe because they tell us to do that and if you're listening on one of your podcast apps well thank you yeah yeah be, yeah, be sure and check out the patron uh forward slash recyclables or rochelle's uh my whore for poor account on instagram and hopefully I'll be getting my episode of Talking Shit Spilling Pea out with Dahlia. And then hopefully I'll get Belinda on for that one as well in the near future. We love you all very much and have a wonderful rest of your day. Yeah, all right. Oh, I'm going to pee again. I have a Typical. Tiny, I have a tiny bladder. It's not my name's bottom. Patrick. I have to go pee all the I time. Do. I probably have some sort of... Thank you for picking up recyclables today. Donations to the ACAST streaming service are, of course, always welcomed, but the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today. If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.